Welcome to No More Tiny Voices. And wow, it seems that over the last couple of weeks there has been no more tiny voices. Certainly the NHS has finally spoken, that's for sure. The amount of strike mandates that they now have throughout the country is absolutely fantastic. And the reason I say fantastic is because we need to stand up for ourselves. And we've been saying this for two years now that we need to stand up for ourselves and we did all together we did and it's brilliant it's really really good I'm really happy Um, and I think now it's about moving forward and moving forward positively and getting our message out there and hopefully getting everything that we, we deserve and a few people on the Facebook page, NHS Workers United for Scotland, have been asking about when strikes are going to take place. Our advice would be contact your union and ask them. I'm sure, given time, they will get that information out to you. Certainly, I know that it takes a lot of planning. So they're probably, while you're thinking about it, they're planning. So they will... Uh, notify as soon as I'd imagine so I thought I would take this opportunity being that we, we are moving forward to just look back slightly to answer people that have been saying yeah but why, why now, why, why are you doing this people that never thought the NHS would ever take action like this and I have to say it's a complete reflection on the way we're living today when the RCN after 106 years decided to take action that to me speaks volumes but as I say I'm going to take you back slightly and in a way it's to kind of try and answer people when they want to know why we're doing this because and I don't mean everybody here and all these views are my own I don't mean everybody here when I say people's memories are very short so I'm going to take you back before Covid the NHS pre-Covid was it short staffed? of course it was were we underpaid? Of course we were. Was there enough beds in hospitals? Of course there wasn't. It wasn't perfect. It's all these politicians that want to just blame the fact that Covid came and ruined everything. Nonsense. The NHS was beginning to fall apart before Covid. 
COVID only exacerbated the situation. It just basically shone a great big light on the NHS and showed up all the all the cracks in the the enamel. Don't get me wrong. Did COVID make it worse? Of course it did. Staffing became a huge issue. Sickness became a huge issue. And that was due to members of staff contracting COVID, resulting in long COVID, and also due to stress. And the one we can't forget is death in service. And NHS staff were beginning to really, really suffer burnout. Yet we were still running towards the danger instead of running away, still coming up to going into work. And we went into work knowing that the PPE wasn't appropriate. But we were risking our lives and more importantly, our families' lives. Some members of staff were handling infected samples every day, still complaining about the dangers of insufficient PPE. Why? Because we work in the healthcare industry. We work in the front line. And we actually care about patients that we see. We want a positive outcome for our patients. And we feel it when they don't get it. And during COVID, well, that was every day. Sometimes multiple times a day. And at one point during all this exhaustion, burnout and emotional hell, we realised, realised that we really were poorly paid and poorly treated, that we can't recruit and retain staff. There is absolutely no appeal to work for such a poorly paid area or profession like nursing, for example. And so we came together in our anger and our grief for the NHS and we took our fight to Holyrood. Now, it's taken nearly two years to get to this stage but what I want the public to realise is that's a reflection on how hard it is for NHS staff to take industrial action. That's not the route we want to go down first. And now we're in the middle of a cost of living crisis. NHS workers can no longer financially afford to work for the NHS. We were 20% below inflation and below other service workers, public service workers, sorry. um, And that was before the cost of living crisis. You know, see, we're talking nearer 30 now. But we're still expected to come in and do everything that we done 10 years ago and it's not realistic. One nurse sits in a ward of 30 patients sometimes. Where's the safety in that? You've read the newspapers, you've heard the reports. Patient care is compromised. The staff are putting their registration on the line as well. And there's no way that that's safe for staff or for patients. 
Newly qualified staff are placed in situations like this, in inappropriate and difficult situations. Would you want a your family member that worked to be put in that position? And it might seem extreme, but it's a position where you're opening yourself up for prosecution. Because if you're the only nurse on the ward and something happens, you have to justify it. But that is what's happening in every hospital across the country. Yes, nurses go to university, they get a degree and they walk into a job. But what they don't tell you is, I won't cover your bills. If NHS staff with 30 years experience and progression behind them can't afford to heat their homes, how can we expect the lowest paid amongst us to do that? There's people who are out using the work for the NHS that are using food banks that are skipping meals so that their kids can get fed and stay warm. Now, staff can't afford fuel for their cars and they're having to take days off because of it. And that's wrong. Kids have a right to be fed and warm. And you can only imagine being that parent who probably feels that they're failing their children when in actual fact they're working damn hard to try and actually provide a safe and warm home for their child. So, today I want to, I want to read you something. As I said, that that's me trying to explain to people that say, what are you doing it for now? Why, you've you just been greedy. Sadly, the people will say that, but fortunately they're in the minority. The general public can see what's happening. And the thing is, most people that work in the NHS, they generally work, I'm not saying everybody, but most people generally work in an area where the hospital that they work in covers. So it's in our best interest to make sure that hospital is functioning well. Because that's where our family go. And I know I, the way I see it is I, w- I would like to treat other people's family the way my family would be treated. And it's scary because, you know, people are leaving their work and saying, I don't actually feel like i done my job today. I, I just, I'm not happy. The NHS is at crisis point. So as I said, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to read something to you. It's a bit poignant. Um, it's not exactly uplifting. But, um... I'm going to read it to you and before I finish. Okay. Here goes. 14 years old, I sit staring at my guidance teacher. 
You see, I'd just been asked what I wanted to do when I left school. <laughs> Become a nurse, I said, proudly. You could say it was a family business. After school, I applied to university in order to spend the next three years working towards my goal. My wee granny was going to be so chuffed, and she was that, telling everybody that visited the care home. I would leave home in the morning, passing the nurse's home, and wave to her sitting at the window. She would make the carers come to the window and wave as well. So for the next three years I studied for multiple exams, sat up writing essays with thousands of words, and I read every book I could get my hands on. I experienced clinical placements in different wards. I was working 12-hour shifts in placement, then working part-time at the weekends to make ends meet. It was all going to be worth it in the end. When I achieve my Bachelor of Science degree. Three years of trying to balance university, family, work and placement. Three tiring years of very little sleep, terrible diet and never seen my friends and family. I was so sure it was going to be worth it when I finished. I couldn't have been more wrong. Oh, I graduated. I was finally a Bachelor of Science. I'd achieved my goal. I was excited to get into the hospital and start my career as a nurse. And my wee granny got to go to my graduation, beaming from ear to ear the whole time. I had six weeks experience as a nurse before the world fell apart. It was March 2020. COVID-19 arrived. Patients in my ward were being admitted and after a few days had died. Being less experienced than my colleagues, I would sit in with the patients and read them letters from their family. Their family that would never see them again. Their family that couldn't be with them in their last hours. I sat by the bed with a full gown, apron, mask, visor and surgical hat on, looking like I was dressed for space. Letting the tears slowly run down my cheeks, silently behind the mask and visor, the barrier between my patient and I very apparent. I was terrified that you would come on shift and ask where one of our colleagues were. They have COVID, was becoming the regular answer. So with my 10 weeks experience, I was asked to move into the new COVID unit that was being set up. This was becoming real. I stayed in the unit for the rest of 2020, fighting for my patients' lives and eventually my friends and my colleagues' lives. For 12 hours a day we were fully gowned up as before but with the addition of goggles this time. Oh boy did they hurt. I was bruised across my forehead, bridge of my nose and cheeks and I'd aged about 10 years and 10 months. Physically we were exhausted. The sweat would run down my back and rather frustratingly off my nose. We tried to keep each other's spirits up as best we could 
but it's hard when you can't save the lives of your patients and there doesn't appear to be an answer on the horizon. We were all falling apart. The NHS was falling apart. We watched patronising politicians on TV asking the country to protect the NHS when it was becoming obvious they had no intentions of doing so themselves. In 2021, the NHS had been campaigning for a pay increase to bring our wage up to the level of other public services workers. Even with COVID, we gave that fight all we could. But the same politicians would rather clap on the street, steps of Downing Street. We didn't have much more to give. We were burnt out. Trying to make up the gaps in the rota for staff that had retired or for staff that we'd lost to COVID. And it was becoming very clear the government couldn't care less about any of us. People I graduated with were leaving the NHS in droves. My bones ached. I couldn't concentrate. None of us could. Some of the staff had been diagnosed with PTSD from all the deaths. Horrible deaths. It was in May 2021 that Covid came for my wee granny. The nursing home had many cases and we'd not been able to get in to see her due to the restrictions. My heart was broken. I'd lost my biggest fan. The staff in the home took to waiting at the window and waving NHS rainbows at me as I passed in the morning. It was a lovely way to honour her, but it wouldn't bring her back or bring the others back. I believe it was about this time that I stopped showing any emotion. It wasn't intentional. I was numb. It was safer not to let anyone in. I was broken and I was overworked. Then, what did I see in the news last week? The people responsible for the security and integrity of this country were having parties. Parties. When we couldn't see our family for months and in my granny's case, never see her again. I would get angry and shout about it. Last week I had a headache. I was just so tired. Three days ago, I tested positive for COVID. I guess I know what drowning feels like now. Until recently, I could hear my colleagues as they popped in to have a chat. I'm glad they did. Because I've been terrified the last couple of days. I've been qualified two years. I'm 26 years old. I gave everything because I am a nurse. Now, I'm not scared. I know I must close my eyes and let go. After all, someone else needs this ventilator now. Please, don't let it be you. You've been listening to No More Tiny Voices. My name is Kirsty Rikley. And we will get the respect for everyone 
that we lost.